This is an AMI podcast. Have you ever wanted to find out some of the things we do and say on commercial breaks? Well, you're about to hear some things you've never heard before on the neutral zone. Be warned, as the saying goes on our show, you never know what happens when you enter the neutral zone. Viewer discretion is advised. We'll do it live. We'll do it live from AMI headquarters in the center of it all. Holy moly! This the most senior, unbelievable, is the most amazing, sensational, dramatic in history. The neutral zone. It's good! Oh my goodness! What's going on, folks? It's another episode of the neutral zone. I think I scared Brett just now <laughs> as I as I yelled, "What's going on?" Brett, are you okay? You good? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, a little stressed out. Woke up a little late, late this morning. Thought I was going to be late to join the three of you. And uh, luckily enough, I got here on time. And you get to put up with me for an hour. How's that? How about that? Works for me. Works for me. That is the voice of Brett Wills. Cam Jenkins is to my right. And Jeff Ryman is, of course, in our control room. Gentlemen, how are we doing? Doing great. Um, another beautiful day in the neighborhood here in Toronto. Uh, sunny skies out and looking forward to talking some sports today. There's been so much going on this past week. Joff, how you doing? I'm doing good. Yeah, sort of coming down from a bit of a high from all the news that happened so far this week. I feel like we say that every week, that there's tons of sports going on. And uh, it's true. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about all the uh, NBA trade deadline stuff. And now on Monday, the NHL trade deadline is coming up at 3 o'clock Eastern. DeMar DeRozan returned to Toronto last night, which was pretty emotional. Connor McDavid got suspended for two games. There's just so much going on. Uh, so I, I love it. So when we get this uh, the script, sometimes it's one of those things where yeah, just kind of there and just kind of go with it. And today's one of those days where we have a script, but I'm not sure how much we'll actually stick to it today based upon what's uh, going on. Um, let's start with the uh, DeMar DeRozan thing because mm-hmm. um, we got a little bit of time, so let's talk about it. DeMar DeRozan makes his return uh, to Toronto, obviously to a standing ovation, many standing ovations yesterday. And uh, the Toronto Raptors uh, returned the favor on home court, beating the San Antonio Spurs. Of course, they lost in January in San Antonio. Thoughts on DeMar DeRozan's return, gentlemen? You know, sorry, Cameron. Admittedly, uh, and... You're just interrupting me again like you normally do, so go ahead. uh, I missed the game. I, I listened to the intro on the radio, and then I walked into a movie. Wow. So you interrupted me to say that you didn't watch the game, which I did watch the game, that you watched a movie instead of watching the game, and you basically have nothing to say about DeMar DeRozan and him coming back, is what you just basically said. There's my 15 seconds of fame. Hmm. Cameron, you watched the game, sir. I certainly watched the entire game. What did you say? It was a really close game the entire time, and it basically came down to one play, which is like a Hollywood ending at the end of the day because DeMar DeRozan, he basically dropped the ball or didn't drop it, but 
Uh, Kawhi was right there, as well as uh, DeMar's buddy, uh, Kyle Lowry. They ended up taking the ball off of him. He just basically dropped it, and then Kawhi went in with the slam, and that was basically the ball game right there. So Hollywood ending, uh, Kawhi uh, versus DeMar, and Kawhi won that uh, battle. Yes, I um, I watched the game, but kind of in fast-paced mode last night because I was in London at the London Knights game. And from what I saw, it was just a, uh amazing game to watch. Of course, Greg Popovich, one of the greats versus the new coach for the Toronto Raptors. Uh, just a great battle overall. And you're absolutely right. That ending could not end any better. And Nick Nurse, he got tossed from the game as well. So that added a bit of excitement. Spicy P, Pascal Siakam, he was a beast. And he had, uh, I think, 20-some-odd points as well. So... Uh, he was really good. Jeff, did you watch the game? Yeah, I, I did. I got to watch the first little bit of the game. And I got to see the uh, tribute that they obviously gave DeMar DeRozan. And he had not one, not two, but three standing ovations. He had one at the very beginning when he first came out for the pregame warm-ups. He got a good standing ovation then. And then once they announced his name in the starting lineup for the Spurs, he got another one, which I thought was kind of nice that the PA announcers sort of let them breathe it out rather than just keep going and listing off all the names in the starting lineup he sort of said DeMar DeRozan gave it a little bit of time the crowd stood up clapped cheered um, and then they moved on and then the lot the the third one which is probably the biggest ovation was uh, was when they gave him that video tribute which is about a minute and 30 seconds of just a montage of DeMar DeRozan his greatest moments here in Toronto uh, all throughout when he was first drafted, walking on stage and, and shaking David Stern's hand, the commissioner yeah. of the NBA, and all the way up until last year, you know, and it was it was pretty cool to watch. And all, when that was done, the crowd just stood up and started clapping and cheering, and DeMar yeah. ended up getting off the bench because uh, there was a TV time, or wasn't a TV timeout. They just had a, a play stoppage, yep. and uh, he got off the bench. Even though Greg Popovich was probably planning a play or whatever, he just got up yeah. and started waving and raising his hand to the crowd, and it was a pretty special moment. Yeah, the uh, TSN they had kind of the camera zoomed in on Demar as well during that tribute, just to kind of show his facial expression and what it meant to him. So, yeah, good job by TSN doing that as well. Did anybody yeah. else notice what Nick Nurse was wearing? Because on, well, on TV it looked like it was a uh, pair of blue jeans and a blue jean jacket. Wait, how do you know this if you didn't watch the game? I saw highlights this morning, Jeff. Oh, okay, so no. you were smarter. Than well, I, I, c- I couldn't sleep last <laughs> night, so I turned on TSN that and is, watched highlights for a bit. He is smarter than a fifth grader, folks. <laughs> well, I was going to say smarter than the average bear. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other thing I just want to want to point out was that. I got to give kudos to the referees as well because during that quote-unquote TV timeout, they also let it breathe. That timeout went a heck of a lot longer than it probably should have, and they were not rushing him back into the play. They let it breathe and let him have his moment. So kudos to the referees who— And that's probably the only time the rest did a good thing that game. Gasol, like he had three uh, fouls on him, like— I don't seem like by the second quarter. One of the times he barely touched the guy, and they um, kind of gift the face, or they did a screenshot of his face, and it was hilarious. He's like, oh, "I can't believe you gave me." It was just awesome. Isn't it me that's usually complaining about referees? 
Yeah, but you didn't watch the game, so how would you know? Oh, shots fired. Guys, I actually have a, a clip here of DeMar DeRozan, if you guys want to listen to it. I used it in sure? the uh, Saturday Gazette. It's just uh, DeMar DeRozan saying uh, how the standing ovation, how it sort of made him feel. And I know before the game, he was talking about how uh, emotional it might be. So I'll just play the, 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 the clip quickly. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's an honor. You know, um, it's been, you know, practically my whole career here. Come back and you know get a reception like that is definitely humbling, um, beyond gratifying, um, and I, I appreciate it. Yeah, pretty special, I think, for Demar Derozan. I think uh, he's probably, I'd say, he's probably the greatest Raptor in the history of the franchise. Although I don't mm-hmm. think they'll retire his number before Vince Carter. No, I don't think. I so. I think Vince Carter will probably be the first number yeah. up there, and then Demar Derozan will probably be first to follow. What about, what about Chris Bosh? Uh, oh, God, no. No. I don't know. DeRozan's more I don't important know. than Bosh. Uh, uh, sorry, I asked that question with a little bit of jest. Uh, I know I know for a fact that uh, they shouldn't be retiring. His it was number. really interesting, too, because when uh, watching the broadcast uh, last night on TSN, they showed, I think it was before the game, um, each time that... Um, their big stars came back to play the Raptors for the first time after basically requesting a trade out of town. And it was just pure venom on the part of the fans booing, uh, booing yeah. uh, Damon Stoudemire, Chris Bosh, Vince Carter. Tracy McGrady. Tracy McGrady was the other one. And it was just, it was hilarious to see. And then the loving that they had for DeMar because, like, he was Canadian uh, at the end of the day. He wanted to be here. He wanted to stay here. And there's not a lot of players that want to do that. And I so. think that's the thing, Cameron, in every other uh, situation that you just mentioned. Every one of those uh, players either wanted out yeah, absolutely. Or, or signed elsewhere when their contract was up. Yeah. And I'm going to say this sort of uh, tongue-in-cheek, but he will be the greatest Raptor of all time. Just based, yes, yeah, I agree. just based on the reception of last night. He did not bail on this team. He wanted to be here. The only person, this is my tongue-in-cheek part, the only person that I did not see him shake hands with yesterday was Masai Ujiri, and I would say that that speaks volume because he's still bitter with Masai Ujiri about what happened. But I got to say, Masai Ujiri did what Masai Ujiri had to do as a GM, and it looks at this moment in time that it's paying off. made the right move, absolutely. So we'll see how it goes down the line. But uh, thank you, DeMar DeRozan, for nine wonderful seasons with the Toronto Raptors and bringing us to an Eastern Conference uh, final. And uh, we wish you all the best in uh, San Antonio and anywhere else you go in the future. On that note, we're going to take a break right here on the Neutral Zone. We're going to come back and talk to Patrick York about the game called Showdown. We'll find more out about that right after the break here on the Neutral Zone on AMI-audio and Voices for Ability. We'll be right back. a message for the neutral zone call now 1-866-509-4545 and don't forget to give us permission to use your message on the air 
let's get ready to leave a voicemail! Welcome back to the Neutral Zone here on AMI-audio and Voices for Ability. I am your host, Brock Richardson, joined by Brett Wills slash Austin Matthews jersey donning guy to my left, and Cam Jenkins, who's donning one of the old Jays logos on his hat, which is one of the ones that I really like. It's uh-huh. just the J with the bird on it. That's funny, because I call that midlife crisis Blue Jays. Really? Yeah. Was right. not a fan at all. Fair enough. And on that lovely note... I don't uh, remember uh, you asking him his opinion on that. Uh, as uh, always, he just gave it he, anyway. He gives it anyway. They're free, right, Brett? Free to a good home. Free as a bird. You owe us pickled onions, by the way. Uh, Jeffrey owes me pickled onions. I'm still waiting. I know. Um, on that note, we are going to welcome in our guest for today, uh, Patrick York, who is one of... The inventor of a game called uh, Showdown, and we're going to find out more about that in a second. Patrick, welcome to the show. Thank you. So can you tell us the where the idea came for the game Showdown? Well, uh, once upon a time, and I guess it's still being played, there's a game called Swish. I played the game when I was in England, and... Uh, I believe it was invented in Australia, but that goes back quite a few years. Well, it gave a friend of mine who was the recreational director for the blind, and he was blind himself. We were very good friends, and we were out for a walk, and he says, I'm working on an idea of a game that two blind people can play without the assistance of a sighted person. And uh, you might say Shodong was born then, because um, over the next couple of years, his name was um, anglicized to Joe Lewis. He was an Italian. His real name is Giuseppino Ludovici. But when he immigrated to Canada, he changed his name to Joe Lewis. Well, we were going with only the germ of an idea that came from Swish. And he had constructed a... 12 foot by 4 foot table with sidewalls and I believe he started at first with three pockets and I remember when there was only two pockets I said to Joe I said why don't you just have one pocket and a week later there was one pocket and um, one thing led to another with the uh, centerboard screen and the contact board and the rounded corners on the inside and the list goes on. Uh, we uh, we were actually, uh, well, while we were researching that this week, we uh, had a video that we watched on YouTube. Can you give us an idea of how the game works? Well, it's called Table Tennis for the Blind because everyone who plays the game is blind. And what I mean is you could play your, anybody that's sighted could play the game because we now all wear opaque eye coverlets. So everyone who plays the game is blind. And um, the ball is a plastic ball with steel BBs in it. And the bat is like a miniature cricket bat. And 
the technique of how to play the game is up to the player who's playing the game. They, you know, ricochet it off the walls and and that kind of thing. Now, it's my understanding that you participated in the Paralympics. Can you tell us a little bit, a bit about that experience? Well, the uh, we took the game to the to the um, Paralympics in Holland. And a fellow named uh, Dick Lawrence was the recreation director. Well, we left the table there, and I got a letter from him um, asking if he could promote the game in Holland. So I said, sure, go ahead. And we actually became very good friends. I met Dick in 1984, and... um, he was just a, a very exciting, very motivated, very convinced that showdown was the the game the the, the for the blind and and never give up on it, never give up on it. And so um, uh, I competed in other sports at the time. I was in uh, track and swimming then, and, and um, I actually competed in four Paralympics in those two events. Except for the fourth Paralympics, I was cycling, and I've competed in other games also. So, with Showdown, do is it played in like a tournament style at this moment? Like, how how does it, how is it played, and where where is it played at well, this moment in time? Yeah, Showdown boomed in Europe. Uh, it it's now being played in over 20 countries in Europe alone. Um, Russia has tables, and there are tables in Africa, South America, and, of course, North America, including Mexico. Uh, But Europe is the country that's really, uh, you know, I want to say crazy, but that's, I mean, it's an apt word, but there's probably a better one. They have clubs, they have regional tournaments, national tournaments, world tournaments, European tournaments, and and so on. In Finland this year, there's the Paralympic Youth Games, uh, where anyone in Europe of an age bracket uh, between 13 and 23 can attend the games, and Showdown will be there. And... Uh, just goes on. Patrick, for anybody that would like to get involved in Showdown, how would they go about that? Well, the uh, Canadian Blind Sports Association is the place to start. Uh, that, that, then they'll... We've sent out surveys, and uh, but Canadian Blind Sports Association is the office to get a hold of. Is there any uh, cost that you're aware of? Well, no. We're we're looking for sponsorship, of course, because um, there just isn't any other way to play the game. Uh, the uh, in in Europe, all their national governments sponsor uh, showdown. There's uh, 500 tables just in Holland, so it, the game sells itself. And so I we're speaking now and reaching out for sponsorship for the for the game. So there will be a very limited limited cost. Well, Patrick, we uh, thank you for joining us this morning, and we uh, wish you all the best with uh, getting Showdown uh, 
you know, more sponsorship and more out there. And we're happy to have you on today. Well, thank you very much for having me on, Brooke. That was uh, Patrick York, the inventor of the game called Showdown. And again, you can go to the Ontario Blind Sports Association website to uh, find out more information. If you're listening not in Ontario, uh, just Google uh, your local Ontario Blind Sports and I'm sure they would be able to connect you. We are going to take a break right here on the Neutral Zone. Come back and we're going to discuss the trade deadline and all the things that have gone on leading up to it. And, of course, on the day of the trade deadline, I'm going to pose the question, is the trade deadline day overrated as far as broadcasting? And we'll see what happens. I'm also going to give a shout-out to Canada Games right after the break here on the Neutral Zone on AMI-audio and Voices for Ability. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Neutral Zone on AMI-audio and Voices for Ability. I am your host, Brock Richardson, joined by Jeff Ryman in our control room, Cam Jenkins, and Brett Wills. I gotta tell you, before Brett's about to sewer me, because we just talked about this in the break, AMI has a hockey pool. And I was doing alright, and the last couple of weeks I have fallen off the table. The one, the only Jeff Ryman is in first place. Thank you, Jeff, because if Brett wins, we will never hear the end of it. So please, <laughs> please, uh, please. What place is Brett in? He's I'm in, in third place right now. Um, if Mike is listening at the moment, I did trade Austin Matthews. No, you will never have him as long as I'm part of the hockey pools going forward. You got some uh, cojones there, Sunshine, because he's the commissioner of the uh, league, and he made. Can he uh, suspend Brett for no, no, a couple no. games or something like that after a comment like that? He actually, he actually called Brett earlier on the worst GM of our of our uh, of our hockey pool. Uh, no, that, and that's fine. You know what, Mike and I are good. I went down to the Leaf game uh, last week or the week before, and. We yeah. we met up afterwards. That and, was two uh, weeks ago. When did uh, he say this uh, comment about Brett? Was this? Oh no, the, the, oh, yeah, months, months ago. Months ago. Oh, months months ago. ago. Oh, okay. He's tried to trade for Austin Matthews and pretty much offered everybody on his team. And he didn't trade Austin frickin' Matthews. Why would you do that? He was going through a slump, and now I'm regretting it. <laughs> Boo. Exactly. And you're wearing an Austin Matthews jersey, and you just you just ousted Austin. I, no, I, I I like the number thirty four. Thirty four forever. Yeah, well, yeah. Anyway, the uh, trade deadline, that was a horrible transition. Sorry, folks. Uh, The the trade deadline is uh, coming upon us on uh, Monday. But there has been some craziness that has occurred uh, before the trade deadline, as per usual. Uh, Matt Duchesne goes to Columbus. Thoughts, gentlemen, are what? I love it. I think that's a great trade for both teams. I think more so for Ottawa because they knew they weren't going to be able to keep Duchesne and they got a pretty good haul back in return for Duchesne. They got a a first-round pick that's uh, a 2019 first-round pick, a conditional 2020 first-round pick if Duchesne resigns in Columbus, but it's not certain if he will. 
um, and a couple of really good prospects. So I like the haul for Ottawa as they are rebuilding. I like how Columbus went out and got a, another star to pair with Panarin and obviously having uh, Bobrovsky back there and and uh, even like Pierre-Luc Dubois, uh, Cam Atkinson, all these guys are having a pretty good year down in Columbus, and I think that they're trying to tool up for a deep Stanley Cup run, although I'm not sure what's going to happen in Columbus after this year as they have so many UFAs in Panarin, Bobrovsky, and now Duchesne. Are they going to be able to resign them all, or are they going to let those guys walk? And if, if they let them walk, then what prospects and picks do they have going forward? So it's kind of risky for Columbus, but I kind of like where they're going. It's really funny because we— I didn't say you could talk. I was going to say, <laughs> say yes, Austin Matthews. What would you like to say? Now you can go. Well, you just took the wind out of my sails. <laughs> I know. Sorry. <laughs> But uh, it's really funny. A couple of weeks ago, we thought that Columbus was dead in the water. We we know, knew that uh, Panarin and Bobrovsky were both uh, coming up to unrestricted free agency, and we thought that there was going to be a move uh, or two there. And all of a sudden, they signed Matt Duchesne, which, like Jeff said, is a fantastic deal. Uh, they're gearing up for, a, a, I would suspect, a long playoff run. And I, I think they need to have a long playoff run in order to be successful as a franchise going forward. If you, Cam, if you are Matt Duchesne, Mm -hmm. when you learned this trade, the first thought, whether it came out of your mouth or in your head, was what? I'm going to a contender. I'm going to be playing in the playoffs, unlike if you stayed in Ottawa. And that's a really good way to go as far as being in the playoffs. It also gives Columbus a chance to be able to show him what Columbus is all about and get a feel for it for the rest of the regular season in the playoffs. So they might have a better chance of signing him as a unrestricted free, free agent much come July simil- the 1st. Much similar to the one, the only Kawhi Leonard. Leonard exactly. Yes, that's what I... Yes. Well, it's really funny. I have two thoughts about your your question to Cameron, and I know that uh, I have a history of butting in That's when it's okay. not my business. But uh, so th- my first thought is uh, Matt Duchesne probably thought, uh, "Thank God I'm getting away from Eugene Melnick." Second thought, second thought was Columbus, Ohio is not too far away from being at home in Halliburton, so I, I think I'm going to like it here, and we'll we'll see how it plays out, and maybe I will resign here after July one. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I, I think, by the way, were both those thoughts in his head or out loud? Probably in his Well, like, you know what? No, one was in his head and one was out loud. The Eugene Melnick one was probably out loud, and the one about being close to Halliburton was in his head. Fair enough. Well, if he's in Ottawa, he's closer to Halliburton than in, as if he was in Columbus. He's so. also closer to a dumpster fire in Ottawa, too. So Absolutely. He wanted to be in the playoffs, and he's going to get his wish. So... When I was young, uh, I would always look forward to the trade deadline. And I would look forward Mm to TSN's broadcast, and they would do a great job. There would be trade after trade after trade after trade after trade. It would just be great. The last mm, five, six years, really, really boring. I mean, to the point that they, on the TSN set, they bring in, like, farm animals to make jokes and like <laughs> the llamas they just don't know what to do with the tie is the trade deadline overrated brett like i think it's gotten a little bit stale only because of the ramifications with the salary cap 
it's very hard to it's make it harder to make a trade. Yeah, sure. it's harder to make a trade uh, when you have a salary cap in play. But now at the trade deadline, basically it's a star player or a player that's starting to get into the prime uh, trade for a draft pick day. And that's what it basically is. There aren't a lot of hockey trades done per se where you have a good player going to a team for another good player going to a team. It's just a good player for a draft pick day. The thing I like about NHL trade deadline day is you you never hear about player to be named later. It's always... For a draft pick, it's always for a player that you may or may not have ever heard of because he's playing in the minors or over in Europe or whatever. Yeah, it's hope. Um, yeah, it's, it's trading it's, for hope. That's what it is. It's hope. When you, when you get a trade deadline like in baseball and they say a player to be named later and they, then you find out 90 days later that the player to be named later is cash. Yeah. Who's cash? I don't know, but it's always – I love the phrase cash considerations. That's like my favorite phrase in sports because it means nothing to me. I will and always have watched the trade deadline. Is there one network, Jeff, I'm going to start with you. Is there one network that you lean more towards if you're going to sit and watch it, or do you flip back and forth between both? I agree with you. I watch it as much as I can, and now that I have Monday off, I'm going to be doing absolutely nothing but watching the Trade trade Center. And without a doubt, the only one that I can watch is TSN. TSN. Hmm. I mean, it's just the go-to. They they have everything you need. Their insiders are literally right there at the desk on their phone. It's live TV at its best. They have fun with it. They make fun of it. And it's great. You get your up-to-date information. And I know I usually refresh Twitter constantly as well, looking for the trades. Yeah. But Bob McKenzie and all those guys are going to be... Darren Dreger. They're they're outstanding. And this is nothing against Sportsnet. I love Elliot Friedman. I yeah. love Nick Kiprios. I think he uh, broke a couple of yeah. big And, trades. like, I mean, during the commercial breaks, I might switch over to Sportsnet's coverage. But I think, without a doubt, it's TSN Sports Center's uh, oh, trade just center. Just a second. It is the worst thing ever that both networks go to commercial at the same time. It's like, please, could you guys schedule your commercial? Like, really, I want to go. I want to be like Jeff. I want to flip. I want to listen to what um, what both say. and see Yeah, where... but that's why, see, when I was doing it back in the day, you request a day off, and you end up having your laptop in, like, one spot. You got your phone in the other for Twitter. You got a couple of TVs going because then you got TSN, you got Sportsnet, and I'm usually with my buddy Ryan Bennett, and I'm getting him to go on, like, uh, the, you know, crappy um, rumor sites like Eklund, uh, Hockey Buzz, and, you know, like NHL. Or yeah, exactly. So going on there. And it's just a wonderful day of being able to, you know, look at the trades and seeing, you know, if I can get some more information before the insiders and, you know, playing that kind of game. And it's just a fun day. Right. You see, I'm a traditionalist, and... Back in the day when Cameron and I were uh, just wee lads, we had TSN. We did not have Sportsnet, so I grew up on TSN Trade Center. Mm-hmm. Now, the TSN, that's been going on for 15 years, I think, is uh, what I read in the uh, yeah. uh, papers and social media this week. Because they did on The Athletic, I think, they did a um, uh, how the trade uh, tr- center started and on TV and um, yeah, it was about 15 years ago. And let's also remember, to allude to Brett's point, Sportsnet did not have the hockey package up until, what are we at now, four years? 
with uh, sports, the 12 -year sports that having the 12 year deal, something like that. And you can just see far and away that TSN just knows what they're doing because they've done it longer. So now that we have uh, boosted up TSN, uh, what? Who do we think are going to be buyers? Let's start with that, Brett. Winnipeg. Winnipeg for sure. Anyone else? Yeah, I, I think Winnipeg, and, and I actually have the TSN's trade bait board, which I absolutely love. It's hilarious that they put this together, and I think that's a great <laughs> key for people who are trying to follow along as well. You can just find it on their website, and yeah, the Jets, their first-round pick is actually fourth on the top 50 <laughs> pieces of trade bait. It's uh, Mark Stone, number one. pick is on the... I've never seen that before. <laughs> I know, neither have I. So it goes Mark Stone, number one, Artemi Panera, number two, although I think they might keep him for the remainder of the season now yeah. that they've made that Matthew Chain trade. Wayne Simmons has been there all year. He's number three, and number four is the Jets' first-round pick. pick. So that first-round pick is definitely in play, and uh, I think Andy Frank and I were talking earlier today on the Gazette saying, maybe Mark Stone, maybe maybe he goes to He's Winnipeg. Go to number one. That first round pick uh, from the Jets could find its way to Ottawa for Mark Stone. Obviously, there will be have to be a little bit more than just a first round pick for Mark Stone, but Stone is from Winnipeg. I'm sure he'd love to go to Winnipeg, a cup contender. It'd be a complete 180 to go from the Senators to the Jets. I think he would fit very well with the Winnipeg Jets, and he's, I think, one of the most underappreciated superstars in the league. Not just an all-star. I think he's a superstar, even though he was not the all-star. Mark Stone. Yeah. Uh, he's putting up over a point a game the past two seasons, and he's one of the best uh, two-way forwards in the game. Super underappreciated, and I think that any team would be lucky to have him. So if the Winnipeg Jets were to get Mark Stone, I think... I mean, they're already legit cup contenders, but I think they would be a surefire thing almost to go to the Stanley Cup Finals. And, and, and Tampa Bay's up there as well, who I, who I also love. So it's going to be fun Bay to watch. Tampa Bay seems to buy every year. And I think yeah. Boston as well. They're going to be buyers, uh, pretty good buyers at the deadline too. Is anybody sick and tired of having or watching games this close to the deadline and teams sitting their best players? No. Oh, That's part of the fun. That is part of the fun of the whole trade deadline and who's going to be out this night because maybe they're going to get traded. And Jake Gardner, he was out um, of the lineup the other night or no, out of practice. When like people are out of practice, people are going nuts and going, oh my God, where's Jake Gardner going to get traded? And like nobody in Leafland likes him or most people don't like him anyway. So it's ruining my it's part of the whole package. It's awesome. I it's ruining my hockey pool right now. Just having guys sitting there. See, you're making it all about you, and I should have known you would have made it all about you, Brett. But it's I mean, it's not about you. It's about protecting the right. assets for the it's not Columbus about, Blue Jackets it, or New York Rangers, and that's what it's all about. You're absolutely right. It's not about me. It's never been about me. But I, I can sympathize or empathize with somebody that's sitting at home that has the same feeling that I have. I, You know what? I don't often agree with you, but I can't stand it either. It's... It's one of the strangest things. It's like, oh, my. And as a fan, if you go out there and Matt Duchesne's sitting, I, you know, because that's the only guy that Ottawa's. But you know he's going to get traded. And I know. You, what happens if you, what if these, one of these people that Ottawa picked up, the two Fords that they picked up, it was uh, Vitaly Abramov and Jonathan Davidson. In a couple of years from now, let's say they turn out to be superstars. 
And I, what happens if Duchesne got hurt and then you wouldn't have been able to make that trade? I hope that they become the best two players in the league. <sighs> they very well could be, and they very well might not. Jeff, is it annoying? Is it a good thing? I, I agree with with Cam on this. I think it's obviously to the benefit of the organization to hold them out in case something <sighs> does happen. Anything could happen. And I think the teams are just thinking, what if? Worst case scenario. I mean, they, they need to unload Duchesne, and you would never hear – there'd be nonstop backlash if Duchesne played – the other night before he was traded and broke his leg. And the Ottawa fan base and NHL writers and fans across the league would probably say, why didn't they just hold him out? They should have hold him out because mm-hmm. once he's injured, you can't trade him. Nope. Yeah, but so, Jeff, he could have broke his leg walking to the press box watching yeah, the anybody, game. Anybody can break their leg doing that. It's but a I lot think more likely that's going to happen when me, you're though. checking and yeah. you're on the ice. It's, all, it's way more likely that something fluky happens in a game rather than just, you know, eating pancakes. Who was it who ate the pancakes and was injured? Um, <laughs> oh, yes, yeah. I remember that. But I can't remember it, but yeah. It's not coming to my head right now. It was now. somebody from the L.A. Kings, I think. Yeah. But, yeah, they were eating pancakes. They swallowed yeah. too hard, and they threw out their back or something. Yeah. Or wasn't it Sammy Sosa who sneezed and threw out his back as well? That's right, <laughs> Could yeah. you imagine? <laughs> yeah, so there's, I mean, fluky things do happen, but I think uh, it was, it's, it's as annoying as it is because I do have Matt Duchesne in fantasy as well. And it said he was day to day, but you know what? It's Who cares? One game. It's one game. I know. Yeah, but it's not one game. It, it leading, is one game. No, but leading up to the trade deadline, it's going to be two or three games tops to so protect that, the yeah, asset to make what? sure that, that you're able to that get two, the trade. That that two or three games could make or break a week in fantasy. Okay, and once again, it's all about you and your fantasy pool. Okay, can I just can I just put this out there? What happens if Duchesne goes to Columbus and gets injured his first shift? Aren't we all still angry anyways? Because well, Columbus I, would I, be. I just made the trade and I and now he's injured. Matt Duchesne's yeah, happier absolutely. than a pig in his own filth because he's out of Ottawa. <laughs> Wasn't it a killer that got uh, traded to Montreal and he ended up getting hurt one of his first uh, couple of shifts back in uh, Montreal? Or not back right. in, but um, playing in Montreal. I think he hurt himself and then he couldn't be uh, playing for Montreal. Yeah. I don't know. It's uh, it's one of those things. Apparently, Brett, we lost this uh, argument yesterday. I'm going to raise my hand. I have another uh, suitable <laughs> buyer, I think, would be kind of surprising to the New York Islanders. They've yeah, uh, yeah. really had a superb season. They're actually first in the Metro Division with 77 points ahead Nobody saw that of coming. the Stanley Cup champion Washington Capitals. Without, and the Islanders have a game in hand. Without... John Tavares, folks. Yeah. In the 11-12 that they were John going to offer Tavares. him. So, yeah, they definitely could be buyers and as well. And I think they went out and they got a great goaltender in Robin Leonard. Thomas Kreis has been phenomenal mm-hmm. throughout the year as well. They actually, surprisingly, maybe not surprising, but I guess a little bit surprising, is that they have the least goals against in the entire NHL. The New mm-hmm. York Islanders. Yep. Nah. Which is pretty crazy. So they're a good defensive team. I think they might want to go out there and and get another forward to uh, help the Matthew Barzells and, and Anders Lees. Well, as well, I it, know that you know having a good goaltender makes or breaks a team, and you know because I was a good goaltender back in the day. So uh, what say you, Brett? It, it turns out that uh, the Islanders have put uh, Josh Hosang. Uh, they're dangling the kid that carrot out there. 
If you so remember, Mr. Uh, wants to wear Mario Lemieux's number. Yeah, like if you remember Josh Ho saying he decided he wanted to wear 66, which is, uh, yeah. as far as I'm concerned, sacrilege in terms of NHL numbers. Yeah, totally. And uh, he's not a very uh, good team guy. So he's number 16 on the trade bait list if you guys are just got his trade but just by the way it would have been even more hilarious if he was number 66 on the trade yeah. list uh, they only gave the top 50 so far quickly okay. sellers who do we got ottawa <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna i was gonna join ottawa. right in there but you guys got that one covered up ottawa the la kings i think yeah uh edmonton yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. Did you just put Edmonton out there? Yeah. I, I, they're not making the playoffs. Connor McDavid is suspended for two games, and I know that's only uh, two games, but they're going to lose those two games, no doubt. <laughs> um, I I think it would be beneficial if they were sellers, to be but, honest. But, Jeff, the answer's in the dressing room. Vancouver? <laughs> that's yeah. a laughable thing to say. Vancouver, I think they're going to be sellers. Calgary, Vancouver, I think, are going to be buyers. Looking at the Canadian teams, see Montreal? the thing about the Western Conference teams is that they're technically all still right there to to get into a playoff spot. So they're, I mean, aside from LA, basically, but everybody else is like they can Rangers make a push. Rangers are going to be sellers too. The Rangers very well could be. See, maybe uh, Philly. See, they're taking this, uh, three games. The Devils. There are three guys they're uh, pulling out of the lineup. Um, Zuccarello. Oh God, here we go Hayes, again. I think. Yeah. Or, I don't know, two or three guys that they're going to pull out. McQuaid uh, as well. McQuaid, yeah. They're pulling them, so. Yeah. I mean, this is the thing in today's uh, day and age for the NHL. Everyone's still in it with uh, the uh, three-point business with the, if you get to overtime, you get an extra point. So, I mean, everyone's still kind of hanging around with the exception of, as we all said, Ottawa <laughs> at the same time. So <laughs> it's going to be a very interesting um, trade deadline, and we'll um, keep you posted. I know... Uh, there's going to be a couple of opportunities on this network um, on Monday where you we're going to talk a bit about the trade deadline. So keep it locked on AMI. Yeah, Brock, and, you and I. Yes. Join in the Kelly and Company crew at uh, just after 3 o'clock. So that deadline's at 3 o'clock, and then Brock and I will basically we'll try to recap yeah. uh, all, all the major trades, although we only have, what, 12 minutes in the Kelly and Company segment to do so. So I'm not sure so uh, how many we'll get So maybe what needs to happen for next year is uh, the boys from the neutral zone maybe need to have a deadline day. Uh, yeah, to scrap every single live show on, on the Monday and just yeah. have yeah. Just the live. neutral zone on for like 8 a.m. <laughs> till 6 p.m. We'll have all of our insiders I don't, know if, I don't Andy know if Frank, anybody... are you still in your office? Can you hear us? <laughs> 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. I don't know if anybody wants to listen to any of us for 12 hours straight. Uh, well, I'm sure there's a person or two that would want to. Uh, absolutely. But uh, you got your trade deadline covered. It's going to be fun. It's, uh, we'll talk about it next week, too, and we'll move on with the uh, who's going to move forward and what will happen. It'll be a very exciting show next week. Coming up next, something is bothering Brett. We're going to find that out. We have a new little um, thing ahead of what's bugging Brett, so that'll be cool. And who else knows what we'll get into right after the break here on the Neutral Zone on AMI-audio and Voices for Ability. We'll be right back. Liar. Liar. You are a liar. Off with your head. I wonder who else you lie to. 
I came in yesterday, Jeff, and I was so disappointed you weren't here. No. Don't lie to your girlfriend ever. Yeah, it's a dangerous idea. He'll put that on the podcast just so she listens to it so she thinks that he'll never lie. <laughs> Welcome back to the Neutral Zone on AMI Audio and Voices for Ability. I am your host, Brock Richardson, joined by Cam Jenkins, Jeff Ryman, and Brett Wills. I just want to give a really quick shout out to uh, Canada Games uh, Wheelchair Basketball. Um, we had Kathy Ludwig on three weeks ago. And I am happy to report that they uh, defeated Quebec in the semifinal game to nice. advance them to the finals against Alberta. Now, the last time in Canada Games, it came down to uh, uh, one or two points with Quebec in the semifinal. Mm-hmm. This time they prevailed. Unfortunately, they did lose to Alberta. I also just want to give a quick shout-out to Eric Voss, who finished his third um, third Canada Games alongside Kathy, who also finished her third Canada Games, and Josh Davies as well, who finished his third Canada Games. So congratulations to Alberta and Ontario for that. Now, it is time for another edition of What is Bugging Brett? Oh my goodness, it needs to stop. You're allowed to have an opinion. I think we've talked about that to death. We pay to watch them play. So sore right now. What's Bugging Brett? (laughs) I give you Brett Wills. Good morning. You ever uh, start or wonder what happens at the beginning of the season of any game, any MLB or NHL, NFL season? Guys come into the clubhouse or into the locker room and they interview, they start to interview you or they start to get interviewed. And then something like Marcus Stroman happens. Marcus Stroman was interviewed this week, and I would say that he had some good things to say and some not-so-good things to say. I want to preface by saying that I love Marcus's passion for the game, his love for baseball, his love for winning, and I agree that the Jays have been bloody awful. But to be perfectly honest with you, 17 and 18 in the last two seasons combined with ERAs of 3.09 and 5.54, respectfully. Just shut up and pitch. He's a career 41 and 34 in 114 games played and a career 3.91 ERA. Shut up and pitch. I'm starting to wonder what HDMH, height doesn't measure heart, actually means. Just shut up and pitch. You know what? It's not the first time he's complained to the media. Shut up and pitch. He claims to love the city, and he asked on social media for a Canadian tattoo artist to put a skyline on his chest. Yet he suggests having a free agent come to the city isn't, quote, end quote, natural. Just shut up and pitch. He lost his arbitration case. Shut up and pitch. He complained to the media on the first day of spring training this year that he's been waiting for management to offer him a long-term deal. Marcus, if you want a long-term deal, go out there every fifth day, work hard, and just shut up and pitch. He welcomed a bigger leadership role, but suggested there's a lack of veterans on the team. Marcus, you are the veteran on this team. Shut up and pitch. Marcus, thanks for your service, but get out of here and shut up and pitch. All right. So I agree with about 
80% of what you said. I think Marcus Stroman is, has got a lot of attitude that can sometimes be used for good. But you said in your line that the Blue Jays have been god-awful. And in recent years, yes, that is true. But who was the guy that got the start in the playoffs like two years ago? It was Marcus Stroman. But I agree, if he's going to pitch this year, he's got to shut up and pitch. Anyone if he's going to get the contract, then, yeah. The, the thing is with Stroman is is he's trying to get um, what's best for him, and that's a longer-term contract. However, he has two more eligible years um, of not being a unrestricted free agent. So... He's not going to be able to get a good contract from the Jays. Oh, is it three? No. Oh, three. Oh, sorry. That was. Sorry, I screwed you up there. That's okay. I was giving him a time check. <laughs> I said it was two years that he's still arbitration eligible. So Wait, he's not I'm going to be able to. Kim. He's not going to be able to get a good contract for the next couple of years because although everyone criticizes Stroman of doing what's best for him, the Jays are doing what's best for them as well because I agree with Stroman. Put out the best lineup that you can and they're not because they're trying to manipulate Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and his service time so that's why they're not putting him in the lineup. They could have had him in there last year. Why did they let Josh Donaldson go? He wasn't too well or he was injury prone and he could have bounced back. You could have kept him. You could have kept uh, Edwin Encarnacion. He did really well in Cleveland. So as far as Stroman saying, you know, management's got to put the best team out on the field if at all possible. Management has not done that. They've done gaff after gaff after gaff. They are paying Troy Tulowitzki $38 million not to play. Like, that is just insane. And you do need more veteran leadership in the clubhouse. Yeah. And if you look at, my, from my perspective, I'm not necessarily, like, I would love to be uh, in the clubhouse or be a veteran guy to be able to help guys along. But some people are only able to concentrate on their game, and they're not able to do a lot of other stuff because they're not capable. So I, I, I agree with what you're saying. However... Your job, as Brett said, is to pitch the baseball. Management's job is to manage the game. You can say a few things of like, oh, I'm not impressed with what's happening. But at some point, it's got to stop. And at some point, the attitude is going to cost you some dollars. And I believe that the attitude is going to cost him some dollars. No. Because he knows this. If you think that he was just going off, uh, flying on by the seat of his pants for that particular um, interview, it wasn't. It was calculated. He knew exactly what he's doing. He's trying to get himself out of here so he can get a better contract somewhere else. 30 seconds. Brett? I don't agree with anything Cameron said. I really believe he should just shut up and pitch and let his pitching do the talking. If he wants more money, he needs to pitch. And that is the bottom line. Jeff? I agree. I think he just needs to pitch, let his his, uh, game do the talking because he's a good pitcher. And he has to look forward to what the Blue Jays have coming up in the future with all their prospects coming up. So uh, I think, you know, 
it's going to be he's hard for him to keep his, it's going to be hard for for him to keep his mouth shut but um he's a good pitcher and i think good things are going to come that is the end of our show folks i'd like to thank brett wills jeff ryman cam jenkins i'd also like to thank our technicians which of course is jeff ryman and matt agnew our manager of ami audio is andy frank tune in next week because you never know what happens when you enter the neutral zone have a great rest of your weekend